Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3 to 9 scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at rightonoptics.com. That's right on R I T O N optics.com. On today's episode, I talk with local hunting guide Scott Ford of Mud Duck Guide Service, go over a blatantly obvious way to know when, where, and if the deer are moving in your area, and finally share a story of a Wisconsin wolf attack. Hunt, 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 hunt. Welcome back to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is Wednesday, October 28th, 2015. This is episode 25, and I am your host, Eric Clark. Thanks again for joining me today. Uh, A couple things on this episode today, as I mentioned in the intro, we are going to be bringing on special guest Scott Ford of Mud Duck Guide Service. Uh, Interestingly enough, Scott is also a badass deer hunter on top of being a badass uh, duck guide service. Um, Knows his stuff extremely well, and uh, he's he's bagged enough deer of uh, good size to qualify to be on the show. We'll probably do another episode with him later on down the road about duck hunting, but since deer are in season... And that's uh, what I love. That's what we're going to talk about. And then we'll get into some other things about how you can know if and where and when the deer are moving in your area. And then someone in Wisconsin, allegedly, I'm not sure exactly how credible the source was, but uh, our Facebook page had reached 33,000 people with this particular story that we shared about a guy who evaded a wolf attack in Adams County or Friendship County, one of the two. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Scott on right now. All right, we're going to go ahead and welcome our guest of the week to the show. This week, we have Scott Ford with Mud Duck Guide Service. Scott, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you today, Eric? Good, good. Been better. Busted my back dragging a deer. That's what you told me to tell people. <laughs> no. That sounds like a good story. There we go. We'll stick with that. I wish. Um, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for taking time out of the woods to uh, to come on the show. Have you been out at all lately? Uh, yeah, I was out last night and uh, two nights before that, so... I've been getting a good amount of sits in this year and 100% sightings on all sits this year. Sweet. Any shooters? I uh, saw one nice uh, one nice uh, older buck yesterday. He was at a good distance away, so I couldn't get a good age on him. Well, that's cool. Well, at least you got to see something. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, let's go ahead and yeah. tell, tell the fans and the audience uh, about yourself, about Mud Duck Guide Service, how long have you been hunting, uh, do you hunt public or private, that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, myself, I've been hunting since I could walk, basically. Well, maybe not physically hunting since I could walk, but I've been at least going with my grandpa and learning everything I could since uh, I was out of diapers. Um, started actually hunting with them in, in the woods at the legal age at that time, which was 12. So I spent a, most of my years deer hunting, uh, mostly gun season in my younger years, and about the time I was 16, I really started getting into bow hunting. Uh, cool. Then I heard a lot of great stories about duck hunting from my grandpa and what he used to do when he duck hunted a lot when he was younger, and that caught my interest, and I had a lot of friends that started duck hunting, so that uh, really gained my attention, and I started duck hunting a lot. Uh, most of my hunting's actually been done on public land all my life, uh, outside of our deer hunting spot. We, we lease private land between my grandpa and myself and a good friend of mine, and 
that my family or my wife's family owns a private land here in Waukesha. So I got it pretty easy in the deer hunting realm, but I still spend some time on public land every year trying to chase a nice deer off in public. Nice. Nice. How long have you had the guide service now? Uh, this is my second year operating the guide service by myself. Prior to that, I had a business partner, partner, and we were operating under his guide service uh, for three years together, and uh-huh. he moved to Missouri, and I decided to start off on my own. That's exciting. That's super freaking cool. Do you ever do you ever think that uh, you'll do any guiding for for deer? Uh, that's the that's a dream one day. If we can make <laughs> that investment and get a good chunk of land and do it, then absolutely. But right now, my my primary focus is on ducks, and there seems to be a huge interest in ducks these days, thanks to a good amount of TV shows that are uh, promoting duck hunting now. Yeah, a couple guys with some big beards, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, few of them. <laughs> I've yet to go with you. It's on my agenda. I really want to learn, and I I don't very little about it other than it sounds like it's more interactive than deer hunting. But very very much so. Yeah, we'll make it happen this year. It's awesome. Well, the reason I brought you on the show today is because you are also an experienced deer hunter in my eyes, and anybody that can run a guide service on you know especially doing public land, I know you come across enough with deer sign and stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about um, tracking deer, and some of the topics I pick are very obvious and when you kind of just overlook them but there's a lot of detail that we can dive into some of that is uh you know like when you look at the tracks of a deer some people just go oh tracks oh turds great i'm on to something but you know the guys that are after the big guys are the big bucks that are out there there's a little bit more thought that needs to go into it how big would you say like what would you consider to be a big track for a big buck what do you compare that to how do you how do you especially if there's nothing if there's no other deer tracks to compare to right by its side you know if there's not like a fawn track next to it or something it's kind of what is there anything you do to kind of identify if you're onto something bigger yeah me specifically when i'm looking at a deer track on the ground and i don't have anything else compared to um i'm basing it off you know the the foot scale so uh i know my foot is 12 inches long so <laughs> i uh tend yes. to put it side by side and i take a look and you know if you're seeing a good track that's in in the realm of you know four or five six inches you, you know you're on a, a two-year-old or older deer and uh, you got a heavy body deer if you're seeing the track getting buried pretty well in the sand or the mud so we'll fight away there that gives you a good sign that you're on to at least a decent sized body deer when you're looking at uh the, the overall length of the track so five inches six, in, six inches specifically is what i'm looking for for a larger deer when i'm looking at the track yeah, geez, five to six inches, that's half the size of your foot. That's a pretty damn big animal, I'd have to say. Yeah, and, you know, you have to account for the fact that when a deer steps in the mud or the sand, it's going to expand that, too. So is their hoof actually five or six no, inches? Yeah, Probably not. But <laughs> did they have enough weight to make the track look that big? Yeah. No, that's a good, that's, that makes sense. Um, now, when you're when you're looking for buck sign, per se, whether, and not, not necessarily like rubs or scrapes or things like that, but... Um, like a deer trail itself, do bucks, as far as you've experienced, tend to travel? Are they are you are they going to be traveling the same routes that a doe would travel? Um, generally during the rut, absolutely so. So the what I've always gone by is where the does are is where the bucks want to be is in the rut. So we're talking right now, October twentieth is usually when I really start seeing activity pick up. If uh, you're seeing a trail that it's the does are specifically using regularly, that's where the bucks are going to want to be. Um, that makes a lot now that's going to vary. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, um, it's going to vary during different, different times of the season, of course. 
um, depending on food source, bedding source, things like that. Oops, sorry about that. I follow. So the other the other thing I was just kind of reviewing my questions here is um, not that it matters a whole lot, but like the the age of a buck, I'm, I'm curious to determine. There's so many people that will confidently tell you hey, that's a two and a half year old. I'm like, well, how how do you how do you so quickly arrive that at that conclusion that deer is exactly that age per se? And I know there's a lot of different variables that go into it, but sometimes with like the size of a rack, a lot of that's based on nutrition, nutrition early in the season and things that ate nature as well as like genes, um, the makeup of the deer itself, the DNA. So when you're aging it, what are you looking for there when you, when you say it's a two and a half year old or a three year old or whatever it might be? Yeah. When, uh, when it comes to age, I'm not necessarily looking at the rack all the time because I've seen two-year-old deer get shot that have a very nice rack on them. Um, specifically, when I'm aging up a deer and I've seen it come through the woods, I'm looking at the belly. Uh, a two-year-old deer or a younger buck doesn't have a belly that's going to sag much. It's going to be higher-waisted, um, maybe tuck a little more in. They're going to look like a leaner deer. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I it's kind of like an old man. You need anybody over 40 who has a big old gut. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a dad bod for deer. There you go. Get the deer with the dad bod. That's yeah. the one you want. So, you know, a three-year-old deer or older, you're going to start seeing some sag in the belly. Um, you're going to see the gut hanging a little lower. You're going to see maybe some shorter-looking legs because the thick gut is hanging lower. Okay. And you're going to see a much more swollen neck out of that deer, too. Yeah, so that's the other thing too. I know their necks will pretty pretty fast um, once they're getting ready for the rut, based on all the adrenaline, all the exercise they're doing with this, the the rubbing and, and all that. Now, the older the deer, typically is that a good rule of thumb that their necks will actually be much larger than than a than a younger deer. Oh, um, you know it really varies. It's all testosterone based. So I mean, if you have a deer with less testosterone, that neck's not going to swell up as much. But it can definitely change based on age. And generally, I've always seen the older bucks get much larger the next come the rut. Yeah, and obviously I know like rack size is like some part of the equation on some level. We just kind of cover over that real quick. But um, the way that they grow back every year, they get bigger every year. When they come back, there's more more points or more tines or whatever. Is that is that true too, do you think? or? There, uh, I think it's absolutely true up to a certain point. Um, right now, I got a deer on my camera that we've watched many years get bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, he's gotten to the point where he's starting to downsize now. His uh, his tines are getting shorter. He's starting to lose mass. He doesn't have as much width as he's had before. And uh, so, you know, he's on the down end of the scale. So you're, you're going to see that change as a deer ages. And we've had him on camera now. We're going on six years and he was already a three or four years old when we first got him on camera but he's a very nocturnal deer and uh you don't see him during the day ever yeah there's a reason why he's six years old that's like yeah man it's another thing you know when, when when people get old it's like you you grow up and you get you get to your peak and you're tall and you're you're whatever you're fit and then as you get older you start crouching back down <laughs> so maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing with the bucks how huh? they get older and it starts to regress back the other direction a little bit yeah, not 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 a bad analogy. We got all sorts of analogies on this one. This is great. Those are some of the main points I kind of wanted to cover. Honestly, um, from a conversational standpoint, just kind of talking about deer, I'm I'm trying to think of other things that I had for you here. Was there anything else that you that you could think of generally? Um, 
when you're out there, when you're looking at these things, when you're like, you had the one that came by you is a little too far away to fully age, but not that that's completely important either. Like if it's a big deer, you know, pull the trigger, right? Well, I'm, I'm one of them that, that generally does if it's a nicer deer. Um, this one, he was of course too far away for a bull. He was a good hundred yards, but you know, I could, from the distance, I could see he was a larger deer. There was a smaller doe in front of him. You could see the body had a, a very decent size in comparison to the doe. He was darker coated, and you could see the, the different sizes in the neck. He, he had a much larger, girthier neck than what the doe in front of him had. So it was easy to tell from a distance. He was at least a big body deer. Was he a big rat deer? I couldn't tell. He had his nose to the ground and trying to sniff her out the whole time. So. Sure, but he had a big old body. Um, yeah. That's, that's cool. The belly thing is something I wouldn't have considered. So that's... That's actually a really cool point. You know, it's interesting how much I learn from these from from interviewing different people on this show on this podcast, where there's just small things to think of and consider that just wouldn't have crossed my mind before. That suddenly it's like, wow, that's pretty damn obvious. Why didn't I think of that oh. before? And no. you know, you you always hear the the barstool conversation of guys talking about, well, he's gray, so he's old. Well, you know, we've all seen your get the grayer color in the winter or the fall. Mm-hmm. They're not a old deer, you know. But uh, I, I like reading science-based actual things about deer and their behaviors. And the one thing they always go back to with aging a deer is not so much by entirely just judging the rack, but look at his body, look at the gut, look at the swag that he has in his belly. Um, how is he walking and approaching other deer? Is he acting more dominant? Things like that. Yeah, it's almost like a seniority thing. If he's been around longer, other bucks know it. Yeah. Yeah, I was here first. I've been here longer. I'm I'm the king. I'm the king shit around here. Back off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they almost have a swagger about them. The old buck <laughs> swag. I like it. I love it when they get their hair standing up on their back and they're chasing a little one off. It's, it's always fun to watch. Yeah. No, they're they're great animals, man. I have a lot of respect for them. They're hard to hunt. It's... Oh, yeah, That's what yeah, keeps yeah. us out there. They're so damn elusive. Like, your six-year-old guy, he hasn't come out during the daytime in six years, at least that, that you're aware of. That's, that's a pretty freaking resilient animal, man, to be able to, to be that evasive. Oh, so, yeah. And we've been leasing that spot for we're going on our ninth season leasing this property. To, to not see him during the day once, um, he, he knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, next time, next time you're out there and you see a big belly buck, you know he's probably pushing at least three or four years old. I would say that's probably a good way to look at it. Um, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. All right, that helps. Same thing with the tracks. The track thing's pretty pretty obvious. It, it, you know, it's just something to consider. It's like when you're looking down deer track. Okay, deer track, deer track, deer sign. But sometimes you stop and go, "Holy shit, this one's big!" Like that's a yeah. big one, you know. And that's got to be an exciting feeling when you're out there. If, you, if you're in a new area, if you're hunting public land like I do. In fact, this year I've hunted four times, and uh, every time I've hunted a new property. And that was one of the things that I got all excited about. I was like, this track looks bigger than I would expect to see a normal deer track for. So that's how the, the topic came about. I'm like, well, there's, I, I don't know, I don't know. Because I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it was just a big doe. I don't know. But doe. Yeah, I think it's a, a great topic to discuss, too, because, I mean, I've been told, you know, you can judge a, a deer's sex by by a track, and I, for the most part, I think it's held true just judging deer in the snow when, when you're seeing tracks in the snow, and then you finally cross paths with that deer when you're still hunting, and you could see you got a much bigger, older deer, and it's a, it's a buck, not a doe, so. Well, and in the animal kingdom, traditionally, almost, I mean, there, there's exceptions to the rule, but 
by and large, the majority of male species are typically almost always larger than the female counterpart. So I would have to think that their tracks, a, a, a mature buck, um, is always going to be bigger than a big doe anyways, at least in the footprint or the, the hoof print. Oh, yeah, exactly. My experience has always went to that. When I've seen deer in fields and gotten out of my stand and compared tracks, it's, it's always been the bucks hold the bigger feet than, than the does. Yep. <clears throat> well, it's good things to consider. Well, yeah. cool. Um, I expect to have you back on another show here in the future. I know we're both strapped for time today, and we're at right about 15 minutes, which is exactly what I was looking for here. Nice, quick topic um, to help people identify big deer when they're out hunting, hunting the rut this, this season. So um, where can people find you if they want to go duck hunting? Um, you can find me two places. Uh, one of uh, your friends just created a website for my business. It's muddduckguideservice.com. Or you can find us uh, at facebook.com forward slash services. Awesome. So both uh, areas have information, talks about our rates, our services, what we offer up. And uh, we do hunt 100%, excuse me, 100% public land. Hell yeah, that's awesome, man. That's, yeah. that's a different world for me, hunting uh, public for, for duck. I, I can't wait to go with you. Hopefully, um, maybe even the season, the season's long. You said it ends in December. Yeah, in September. Um, right now, we're right at the start of our peak migration. So, starting uh, this week, going through November seventh, is when we see peak numbers of ducks throughout the state. So it's a great time to get out and shoot some diving ducks if that's what you're interested in. We got a lot of them coming through. We've seen a great ringbill migration on Saturday, and a few canvasbacks starting to show up. So things are really starting to turn on. It's exciting for you, man. Well, good luck this season. Hopefully, you have a, a you know a fully booked season as much as you can, anyways, and. And you get you get a bunch. Share share the photos with us too on our site. Um, we'd love to, we'd love to put it out there, especially if you get a deer too. And good luck with that, also, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, thanks. Thank Scott. you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Hopefully, uh, this back problem heals up soon, and I can get back at it. I'm dying right now, mainly because I can't. Yeah, you're a bolt and dust out that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right, man. We'll let you. We'll let you go. Thanks again for coming on the show. Have a good night. All right. All right. You too. All right, bye. Looking for a spot to hunt? Download the free Where to Hunt app for your smartphone today. Avoid hunters, see less people, see more deer. With the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. All right, our tip of the week is... Well, you're gonna laugh. It's you're gonna think it's stupid, but it's not actually. Um, I love mixing technology with the outdoors to some degree. Uh, everyone has their threshold, and I get kind of overwhelmed sometimes. But there's a few apps that you can use to track uh, deer activity. One of them that I've used over the years actually is um, I think it's produced by Field and Stream, and it's called Rut Reporters. And what it does, it gives you a map of, it's super basic, it gives you a map of the United States and shows you deer activity in rut phase. And, uh, you know, it's based off of user, user data. You would simply report that you saw deer activity or deer chasing, things like that. Um, the other one that's similar, it's user-based. Again, it's called Deer Tracker and it's powered by Powderhook, someone who actually had, we had on our, our show a couple episodes back now. Um, another pretty cool uh, app to visually see where the deer are again it's based on reporting but i tell you what the stupid thing that i'm talking about isn't an app it's simply it's ridiculous it's 
Okay, if you're driving down the highway, how many dead deer are on the road? Where are they? Are they in close succession to each other? Pretty straightforward. We all drive enough. So jump on your local highway. I would do it during daylight, perhaps. But you'll get a good idea. All of a sudden, the bodies just start stacking up. I can't tell you how many freaking deer I've seen on the highway in the last two weeks. Um, it's it's the, the number of dead deer on either side of, of the highway running um, east and westbound here in Wisconsin, I-94. It's, it's insane. It's exponentially greater than what it was two weeks ago. And, and even furthermore, like a lot of people know that I'm obsessed with hunting and know that I do this. You know, one of my, one of my friends called me the other day and says, um, Hey, you wouldn't believe this freaking 15 pointer that, that got creamed by this semi. I, I was pissed off cause there's a traffic jam. I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. Sure enough, I get next up to this or close up to the semi and it turns out he creamed this monster buck. And of course he's saying there's already two trucks, you know, two pickup trucks pulled over, probably trying to talk to the guy to see if they can get the rack or the meat or both or whatever it might be, you know, but um, there's an article on USA Today that says uh, basically if a deer is going to collide with you in the upper Midwest, there's a good chance it's going to happen the next few weeks. And this article is posted today. It's an article, um, deer looking for love collide with cars instead. That's that's it. There, there's more deer activity due to the fact that they're looking to, you know, uh, breed and spread their seed. So, um, and in fact, oddly enough, I didn't realize this, but June is the, the worst time of the year, uh, springtime. But this is this is a very close second. Um, so the ruts, a dead deer on the side of the road is a fairly decent indicator of, you know, are the deer starting to move and rut in your area? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I really think it's a pretty obvious thing to be looking for and trying to understand when you should be spending your time in the tree and in the woods or however, however you hunt, whether it's in a, a blind or a tree or, you know, spot and stock, whatever it might be. But that's my tip of the week. Pay attention to what's going on on the road. Listen to what other people have to say. If you've been hearing people crashing into deer that were looking for love, well, okay, it might be time to get out there if you're not already. And usually people are. So uh, that's that's my tip, the tip for this week. Thanks for staying to the end. It's our last segment. Uh, if you'd like what you hear and you want to keep hearing more of it, it'd be much appreciated if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes. Simply go to Google and search where to hunt Wisconsin podcast iTunes, and it'll take you right there. It'll be the first thing you see. Um, the story for the end of the segment today is interesting. It's, uh, um, let's see here. Wisconsin deer hunter attacked by a pack of wolves. It's from the wild sportsman so again i'm not 100 percent sure on how credible the source is but the story is interesting i'm gonna read it quick here uh it was september 23rd matthew nelson of friendship wisconsin uh, an avid deer hunter and former army u.s army sergeant who served with uh, 96 engineers in afghanistan in 2006 and 7 uh, he was scouting for potential hunting area and um in, in the area of Adams County, when he locked eyes with a wolf only 30 yards away, acting on instinct he gained from the military service, Nelson immediately pulled, a side, pulled out a sidearm, uh, Walker PK, uh, and chambered one round. That's when things went from bad to worse as he racked the slide. Nelson noticed two more wolves approaching from the left. It all happened so fast, Nelson said. I w- it was maybe three to four seconds, and the wolves were on me. 
Um, holy shit, that's freaking scary. I'd lose my mind. Uh, essentially, what did he do here? First wolf came from the right, and mouth open fangs ready to rip into his leg. So he kicked it with his boot, landed square in the wolf's face, and deflected the bite. Uh, that first wolf missed my leg by 8 to 10 inches, he said. Then the other two wolves weren't far behind as the next wolf leapt forward. Nelson uh, the, leapt toward him. The man jumped back and was able to fire a single round into the animal. Nelson was unsure of the lethality of the hit, but two wolves immediately retreated and into the bush uh, at the sound of the gunshot, and the third limped away. Wow. Um, so that could have been on a hunting incident report, but he actually didn't get hurt. So one good reason to carry a sidearm with you. Hope you like that story. If you've ever had an encounter with a wolf or a wolf pack in the woods, I'd love to hear about it. Share your stories. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'm public. direction.